Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Broadcasting Network. everybody. Carrie Ann King here with you today to talk to the lovely, the wonderful, and the fabulous Maddie Dawson. You may notice that I have some gnomes floating around behind me. This is because, well, we'll talk about them later. (laughs) The book that we're talking about today has gnomes in it. Now, this is not the big point of the book, but it struck my fancy and gave me an opportunity to bring the gnomes out to play. So that just made me happy. Maddie Dawson is one of my favorite authors and one of my favorite people in the whole world. And so I am just absolutely delighted that I get to have her come and play with me today. And I'm going to actually bring Maddie on to talk about all of her books and all of that instead of doing my usual intro things. So here she comes. Be ready. Hi, Maddie. Hi, hi, hi. You're one of my favorite people, too. Yay! I'm so glad to hear that. It would be sad if you were my favorite person. It'd be really sad, yeah. You know, um, how would that be? So here's the thing. Before we go too much further, we think you all should know that (laughs) Maddie and I have entered some sort of weird little space and time (laughs) continuum where where the powers that be have decided they want to play with us also. So in my part of the world, I have had a giant monster machine outside the window of my office all day, um, carting away big old chunks of concrete that have been cut up and um, broken. It's a wasteland out there. I feel like it's an apocalyptic world in which I live. It's really loud and it shakes my office up and down when the machine comes by. It's gone right now and maybe it'll stay gone. And Sandy, you have something going on that's a problematic, possibly. No, because we're thinking good things. But... We're thinking good thoughts, but, but um, I live in the Northeast and there's this tropical storm moving rapidly up the coast. Elsa is her name. Elsa. Oh, I just heard a little story online about a cat named Elsa. Oh, no, it was Elsie, not Elsa. Elsie. Well, Elsa is outside the window, and she's thundering and lightning and carrying on and threatening to take the power out. So if I disappear, it wasn't that I went away mad. Okay. Well, we're going to hold you to that. So Sandy's not Maddie, and I'm going to slip, so I got to tell you, Maddie has another name, just like I do, and hers is Sandy. Um, you know, if we slip up with my name, I'm still Carrie always. You, know, so, you were so smart to do that. I wonder I, why I didn't think of that. I know my limitations. That's why I thought about being somebody else. And I was like, no, no, it'll never work. So hard. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So anyways, Maddie <laughs> is Maddie. not going to go away mad. And we know that. And if we should vanish for some reason, um, we'll come back later or yeah. You know, yeah. and if we have loud noises, please just be patient and tolerant with us because it yeah. wasn't our idea to have the it wasn't noise. Our idea, no. <laughs> so before we begin, because I usually do do a little bio, you have so many wonderful books out there, and you have this awesome career. And I know we were trying to count them before we started, but we didn't go on Amazon or whatever and actually write them all down. So we're thinking like nine-ish, maybe more, give or take. Yes, and nine novels ish. Yeah. Okay. And um, 
as you put it, we're just not the kind of people that can count up how many. I, I, also, I have mine all on my wall because my Viking insists that yes. I frame them and hang them up. So um, I, I, I look up and count sometimes. They, they slip out of my head. Numbers. I think me. this one that just came out is the ninth. Okay. And the name of this one that just came out is the magic of found objects the magic of found objects otherwise known as mofo by the way um <laughs> which is my favorite acronym for i any know of, it's any so book ever. fun whenever they write to me about it from the publisher it's like mofo this and mofo <laughs> that and it just makes me laugh every time and the publisher probably doesn't even realize what, they do oh they they're, do they're all very happy about it actually <laughs> Everybody loved it. So that's wonderful. I thank you for picking that title. Yeah. I, when I thought of that title, I said, this is the mofo element just makes it for me. Right. Exactly. Well, and the whole, it was a big surprise. And actually, here's a really funny thing because when we discovered that the title of the book was mofo, we actually were talking and Maddie was like, I would love to have a first reads book. And I actually made her this graphic with somebody oh. holding a big sign at a protest. And the sign said mofo for first reads. <laughs> and so when Maddie emailed me to say, guess what? Mofo is going to be a first reads book. We were, I was just so pleased. I know that is really good law of attraction. That you <laughs> it's manifesting. They say stuff. write things down and they will come true. There's a whole book about that. Write, write it down and make it happen. Write it down and make it happen. Okay. Well, and so write down the things that you want to have happen, which is really exactly. important. So, um, but this was a whole big surprise that most of you didn't know until, you know, suddenly magically at the beginning of July, because this book was not supposed to be in your hands and readable until like a whole month from now. And then voila, July 1st, there it was. It was, there was, it's true. It's true. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. And the book is so fun. So Maddie, tell us a little bit about what the book is about. Okay. Besides gnomes, just besides the, the, gnomes. kind of the short and besides, version. And besides Woodstock. Oh and yeah, so those of you wearing my Woodstock t-shirt. Let's see if I can show you. This is a ticket. Oh, how fun is that? Isn't that nice? Yes. yes. So those of you who are listening to this later and don't get the benefit of the pictures, um, Maddie just showed us her t-shirt, which is a Woodstock Music and Art Fair. So you can guess from that that the book has a little bit to do about Woodstock. Yes. Um, you know what, let's do this. Before we talk about what the book's about, would you read that lovely prologue? Yes, I would love to read the lovely prologue. Thank I you. love the Thank lovely you so prologue. Much for saying it's lovely too, because when I wrote this, this sort of set me out on just what I knew I wanted the book to be, you know? Yeah. So and I loved it so much. As soon as I read, read the prologue, well, I already knew I would love the book, but I knew for <laughs> sure I was really, really going to love the book. All right, here's the prologue. I came into the world as both a surprise and a complication, which tells you everything you need to know about how things have gone ever since. My twin brother and I were conceived at Woodstock. And by Woodstock, I mean the music festival, summer of 69 and all that, the time of the moon landing, the birth of the gay rights movement in Greenwich Village, and half a million hippies converging upon a little town in upstate New York. Woodstock, peace and love. Remember that iconic photograph? You know the one I mean. The hippie couple wrapped in a blanket, embracing and looking bleary-eyed at the camera. When Bunny, my grandmother, was telling me the story when I was six, I asked her if those people were my parents. Could have been. Looked a bit like them. 
Bunny didn't think so, though. She laughed and said she wasn't sure my parents even had a blanket with them. My mom, she told me, was different from anybody my dad had ever known. I knew that part. My mom is different from everybody. Back then when he met her, she was a beautiful girl, an artist who wore silver amulets and bracelets and long skirts and tie-dye shirts that she made herself, and she practiced magic. She did batik and macrame. Her name was Janet, but she had switched the letters around and called herself Tanaj. Was it love? Sounds like love, but maybe it was something else altogether, one of those mysterious moments in time. She might have bewitched him, my grandmother whispered with a little laugh. She put her finger to her lips and her eyes twinkled, our secret. My father isn't anyone you could imagine being bewitched. He was a regular farmer's son from rural New Hampshire named Robert Greer Linnell, and he was 18 years old when he met her. And what I think is that he was bedazzled by everything he saw at Woodstock. He had graduated from high school two months before, and on a little whim, according to Bunny, he and his friend Tom drove a pickup truck to upstate New York to see the music festival. He was going to come back and settle down and work full time on the farm after that. But then, over the years, she's always lowered her voice for this part. Somehow, with the music and the mud and the secondhand marijuana smoke and the magic, he fell in with Tanaj. I'm going to stop you right there for just one minute. I love that. He fell in. He <laughs> fell in with Tanaj. He didn't fall in love. He fell in. He fell in. <laughs> Best description ever. Okay. All right. Keep going. Fell in were the words she used. Fell in the mud, fell into her body, fell in love. All of it, she said. She laughed, the full catastrophe. And after the concert was over, he didn't go back to the farm that was waiting for him, back to his father who was counting on him and who was furious. My grandmother wouldn't say she was mad at him too, but once she admitted she had been a little disappointed, scared for him. She understood how he felt, she said. She knew what love could do. But mainly, it was his back home girlfriend, Maggie Markley, who was the maddest. She had been in agreement with the rest of the town that she and Robert had a relationship that was the sun, the moon, and the stars. She hadn't wanted to go to Woodstock with him because she was working, and that little decision turned out to be the worst mistake of her life. That's how come my parents were pretty much strangers to each other when they got married and they lived in Woodstock in a little tiny house together, no bigger than somebody's corn crib. And that next May, my brother and I came tearing into the world, shaking our fists and wailing out our own brand of music. We had our mother's eyes and our daddy's curled up fists, my grandmother said. Both of us probably fed up with the cramped quarters in my mother's little body and looking for some decent room where we could stretch out. Were we welcomed into the world? I don't know. Bunny doesn't talk about this point. I was named Franzi after a character in a book that my mother loved in childhood, Five Little Peppers and How They Grew. Franzi was the youngest, a sweet, blonde, curly-haired toddler who was doted upon by the family. And they named my brother Hendrix because, well, guess why? Hendrix and I are from the mud and the music we are from Tanaj's silver bracelets and the New Hampshire dirt under Robert's fingernails, from marijuana smoke and cornfields. We were born to a witch and a farmer who had nothing in common. Sounds like a fairy tale, doesn't it? 
but everybody knows that fairy tales don't last. My father went back to the cows and the chickens in the dirt, and my mother drifted away with her artwork and her magic, turning found objects into art. He hardened up, perhaps so angry over this adventure he'd taken, which he saw as his first and last lapse of judgment. I'm sure knowing him, he was ashamed of himself for the way he turned his head from his planned path in life and fell into Tanaj. So he doesn't like to speak of her or those times to me. All I know is that Hendrix and I crashed down to earth as surprises and complications, and we were left with magic flickering in our DNA and practicality knitted into our bones. It's been a war inside us ever since. And I'm not sure either one of us has ever figured out what love really is supposed to be about. Which just sets up the question of the book perfectly and brilliantly, because it really is that right there. Franzi has magic and practicality built into her. She has family. One side's practical and the other side is airy fairy magic. And she's torn between these two things and doesn't know yeah. which way to go or which thing to be which keeps her from being either it really does and i think she lives in this suspended state of kind of going from one to the other from one to the other you know right and it's it's really rough you know to be that kind of person and not be able to know who you really are right and so then what happens i'm going to tell this because i love this so then okay. <laughs> Franzi has this friend, he's a male friend, but they've been friends, only friends for years, like 30 years, right? Since kindergarten. kindergarten. They got together in kindergarten yeah. and um, as friends. And they had one little ill-fated, not good makeout session somewhere along the way. And other than that, purely platonic. And all of a sudden, because things are not going well with their romantic and dating lives, her friend suggests, hey, we like each other, we get along. Why don't we just get married? And this sets up the question of the book right there. Right there. Friendship or love? What? Well, what is love, really? I think that's the question, isn't it? What is love? And his argument for it, and I really thought about this, this guy would wake me up in the middle of the night making his argument, making his case, you know? Yeah. And what he said, and he almost convinced me, you know, that that why should love have to be this huge deal? He said, look at all of our old friends. All of them are divorced. All of them are miserable. We still like each other. And that's what we'll have as, a, as the foundation. We'll be great parents together. We'll raise kids. It'll be wonderful. They're both living in New York at that point. She's working as a, as a PR assistant for a publisher. And he's opened his own gym and is a, a trainer. So... They, you know, kind of hang out, live in the same building, but they've never dated romantically, but they're each other's person that they tell everything to. Right. So they are best friends. And so it really is an interesting question. And I, I'm wondering if it has any, you know, personal background for you, because I know for me, I, I love the love piece. It's really yeah. fun and exhilarating and exciting. But then when you've been in a relationship for a long time and it's good, you have that friendship. Yeah. You stability hope. thing it's yeah. good to have both but it's right. like um yeah you know that hasn't ever happened to me um th there was when I was in junior high there was a boy that was really my best friend you know and when one day we decided to kiss and we were both like oh you know 
So embarrassing. So I, I went and I interviewed all my friends, you know, as I always do when I'm working on a book. Did you ever have this happen to you? And really a lot of people told me that they had tried, you know, to make something happen with somebody. And it was sort of embarrassing, you know, it just right, because it just felt didn't... really wrong. Yeah. So I wanted to set this up that, you know, Franzi and Judd, when they decide to make this a romantic relationship, they're really reticent to take it in that passion direction you know it's really hard but she says well are we going to be having sex he goes well i said we'd have kids right what do? but it's not the driving force and she thinks i want the driving force yeah <laughs> yeah is this all there is really really all there. okay so which brings us to the yes. love the love interest um and okay gnomes sandy what's with the gnomes I adore the gnomes, as you know. But where where did they come from? What possessed you to bring the gnomes? Okay, so she works for this publisher, and um, they hire a guy who's brand new. He's a surfer dude from LA, and he moves there, and he just kind of got the job through connections, and doesn't really know anything about publicity or marketing. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to be like everybody else. He doesn't. No, and she's kind of worked there so long that she's like the matriarch of the publicity department, and so she trains all the young, you know, publicity people who come in, and she takes to having to train him because he's always saying inappropriate, not sexually inappropriate, but just like, why are we doing it this way? Right, <laughs> daring, daring. No, we're supposed yeah. to just zip up. Um, so she goes in to kind of talk to him and she realizes he has all these gnomes in his office and he just keeps them there and he's built like a little village for them. And there's one he carries in his pocket and she's like, dude, you have got to get rid of the gnomes. You know, this isn't really, you're not looking professional here, but he's wearing sandals to work, you know, and his, his hippie kind of clothes and stuff. So he's impossible and she writes him off as impossible. So right here, we, we take this story, which is, it's a romance, but it's so much more than a romance. So she's caught in, in a very interesting way. It's the same way as she, her whole life is about this, the magic or the practicality. And she has a very practical man in her life. And she has a man who is impractical, impractical and, you know, um, comes with gnomes. Comes with gnomes and is way younger, you know. Like he's probably, I think, I think I ended up making him like eight years younger than she is, you know, right. and, and she's already decided she's committed to this other guy. And oh, 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 wait, right here. This is where you get to tell us a secret. You know, I always catch somebody on a secret. So yeah. have you had personal experience of being with a younger man? I'm married to one. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we worked together and um, he is just delightful and was willing to take a chance on an older woman, eight years older than he was, who already had two kids and was divorced. And um, it was just, it was just wonderful right from the beginning. You know, he was right. all in, you know, like, okay, so how do we, how do, where, what, what's, their doctors and when if, if I ever have to take him to the doctor by myself what would I oh, do oh wow that's awesome really, really wonderful. and yeah. they adored him you know yeah. and so it was like it was really really great yes thank you for sharing the secret <laughs> so you know what I had um I had this thought I want to talk about this because there's there's 
a lovely review on Amazon and we love you, whoever you are, mystery person. Um, but there's this thing, confusion a little bit about the dates. Somebody was a little concerned about that if these people were born at or conceived at Woodstock, then how could they only be in their 30s? But the book is not set in 2021. It's set in 2006. Right there, right where you could so easily miss it at the beginning of chapter one. So easily miss it. It should have been done in big numbers. Because I'm, when I'm reading a book, I hardly ever read the heading stuff. Yes, I it's easy to making that mistake. It's easy to miss, but we want to make sure you know that Sandy, yeah. Maddie, 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 maybe isn't really big on math, but she did get that math right. I didn't know that part, and and if I hadn't, the editors would have. Right, you right. would hope. Although they do miss things, they do miss things. Yeah, they do. Have you ever had that happen? Like it's never happened with our current publisher that we adore. But one time it is. I'm going to tell you a thing actually in a minute, but go ahead. I was reading at, you know, it was my first reading at a public place. I'm reading at the library and I'm going to read like pages one through five and I'm reading and I have the character getting ready for bed and she takes off her, or you know, she's getting up. So she takes off her nightgown and then two pages later, she takes off her pajamas. And there I am reading it going. And you caught it while reading? While, while reading is already out, hardcover, the whole thing, you know, and I thought. Oops. Oops. It's amazing how things like that get past so many eyes. The one that got passed in, in probably, no, I'm writing in probably yours now, so it's a little early for things to get passed. In, um, it, it gets confusing, doesn't it? In other people's things, which is coming out September 21. Um, the books were already out there. It's, and actually one of my readers pointed this out to me i had um i had my character eating mexi fries at i want to say taco bell and mexi fries at taco bell did not come into existence until recently and this was like 30 years in the past however what i was aiming for was the uh mexi nugget things at taco time which were in existence back then so i had screwed it up nobody caught it but a reader messaged me really nicely and said you know do you want to know this at this point or is it and it's like well it's good to know but then i emailed my lovely editor and she's like well we'll fix it in the ebook right now and then we'll change it in further print copies so it's it's Isn't it funny that that's a mistake that is so kind of minor, right? I mean, but it feels so big. It feels so big. Like in this book, there's a storm that takes place. I needed these characters to have to go on tour and to get kind of stuck somewhere. And it was going to be at Thanksgiving time. And I thought, oh, I'll have them go, you know, up north, right? No, because they live in um, New York. So they'll go up north. Looked up all the weather for that week. It was all perfect like 65 degrees warmest thanksgiving just beautiful no rain even and i thought what am i going to do and then i kept looking and it turned out charleston south carolina had a snow hurricane the tuesday before thanksgiving in the year i needed it to be perfect it was like ah thank you that's and pretty, yeah that's awesome i love how things happen like that serendipity yeah. things right it was really really kind of amazing because how perfect to go somewhere where you're not expecting to get you know snowed in right 
Exactly. What is, what is, do you have a, what is one of your favorite serendipity moments in one of your books? I mean, that's one. Can you think of another one? You mean the serendipity moment that when I was writing it and then writing, I didn't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, I know there are some, they're just, I know there are some, you know, sometimes those serendipity moments are just things that only, you know, as the writer, like you finish one section and then you go to another section and it's just exactly where you need to be and it intersects kind of nicely. And those are the magic days of writing, aren't they? Right. Well, okay. So I know we're talking about MoFo, um, magic found objects today, but here's another question because I love from your previous books. Um, I love all of San, uh, Maddie, Maddie's work, obviously, but her favorite books of mine before Magic of Found Objects were Matchmaking for Beginners and A Happy Catastrophe, which is the sequel. So um, I love all the characters, love the premise. We're not gonna talk about it too much, but there is this character, if you've read these books, named Blix, who is just magical and always, needed to exist always did exist i'm sure but how did blix come to you i mean i'm sure that wasn't something where you sat down as like i need an older woman of a certain age who has it you know where, where did she right. come from she was a serendipity experience. she was a serendipity she was she was you said that very nicely and i didn't even know <laughs> she she kind of really just showed up one day. I mean, I knew I was going to write about somebody who inherited a house in Brooklyn. That was my whole thing. But I had no idea who she was going to inherit it from or anything. And then this woman just started talking and she was so outrageous. And she really is pieces of different strong older women that I've had the pleasure of having in my life. My stepmother, um, was just this wonderful, generous, loving person who kind of was a stable influence in my crazy life. And she was exactly like that. And so was my grandmother. So I had these two women who kind of believed in magic a little bit. And, you know, I'm from the South. You can't hear it in my voice anymore because it got um, teased out of me when I moved <laughs> away from the South. But they there's something a little, not to generalize, but a little witchy about Southern women sometimes, you know, they really all kind of have these little powers and stuff. Well, okay. And so give us an example. I, I would love to know what kind of powers I'm from the North where these things were not. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, well, the, the idea is, is that you could, my, my grandmother always said she could wish warts away. So if you had a wart, you would just go to her and say, like, I have this wart on my finger. And she would just say, okay, it's taken care of. And your wart would disappear in like five days. And one, one really funny story that she told me one time is that there was a man who um, she didn't like. I think he was a teacher who had given her a bad grade or something like that. And she wished warts from one man on to that man. And it, the, the, the auto mechanic had tons of warts all over his body. And so she wished all his warts would go away. And she wanted three warts to go and be on her teacher. And she accomplished it. You oh, know? my gosh. And it was just like this wonderful moment. So I don't know what Compound W company is even in business for, because all you got to do is go find a Southern little witch and she will be able to just move them around. Do not anger a Southern woman. We already knew that. Probably. We already knew that. We already knew that. <laughs> Yes. That's just wonderful. I love that story so much. So um, let's talk a little bit about what you're working on right now. 
Okay. I'm working on a book right now that's called Snap Out of It. And this book came to me because, you know, I'd written Matchmaking for Beginners, which is all about people realizing when other people need to be together. And I thought, what would be the opposite of that? (laughs) And a woman who helps people get out of their bad love situations, you know, that they've broken up and they just keep tormenting themselves and going through agony and, you know, worshiping the gym sock that got left behind. Oh, right. Yes. You know, and, and the, the, the letters and the, you know, the little, the the love letters and the pictures and the photographs. And so many people do this, you know, they just kind of keep all that crap around and think, oh, this is who this person really meant to this is how I know they meant so much to me. So she goes in as the heartbreak bunny and she dresses up in a bunny costume so that it's like performance art rather than this human coming in. And she hops in and she just removes all the objects and puts them in a bag and they get better. And as time goes on, she realizes that they need, a lot of people need more than just their objects put in a bag. And she starts doing all kinds of magic spells on them and everything and it's just this i i cannot wait to read this, this is a, <laughs> i can't either i, I wish it would just be written <laughs> <laughs> but then you wouldn't have the fun although you know that southern magic you could apply a little bit of that but i think um, i need to i did that today i said okay book and i just sat there and i wrote all day long it was the most wonderful thing and it was stormy and crazy outside and i just kept typing 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 so fantastic beautiful yeah. brilliant wonderful day and i thank you for interrupting yourself and coming here to be with us so oh, very happy to do that <laughs> also I know that the working title of this book for a while was Billy the Heartbreak Bunny. And I have to say that I did love that title very much, although I can understand why maybe maybe you can't go with that one. Maybe, maybe. It's true. It's true. But the company that she found is called Snap Out of It. And she's just the Heartbreak Bunny who goes right. around. And Perfect. Stuff. I love this very much. Can't wait to read it. I know the rest of you are totally going to want to read it too. Right now, however... If you are a Prime Read subscriber, you can get your hands on First Read's copy of The Magic of Found Objects objects. immediately, like right now with the click of a button. Otherwise, you know, you can pre-order and get a copy popping into your inbox or your mailbox on August the 1st. Right, for $1.99. Right, exactly. Well, for the Kindle copy, for a buck ninety nine. Not so not some so people like actual books, you know. Yeah. I like actual books actually. Paper paper books. Paper books we call them. Paper books. Yes, exactly. So let's make sure everybody knows where they can find you. So um, you are, you have a website, which is maddiedawson.com. Those of you who are listening, Maddie is spelled M-A-D-D-I-E. Dawson is D-A-W-S-O-N.com. And then you are on Facebook as Maddie Dawson. And um, Instagram is Maddie Dawes. That's right. It's Maddie Dawes. Yes. And Twitter is Maddie Dawson 1. Oh. Well, you can look for Maddie's lovely face and you'll know it's her. Or... And I have a newsletter, which would be great Ooh. for people who wanted to subscribe to the newsletter, which is at www.maddiedawson.com and then slash newsletter. And newsletter. you can just sign up. And I, yeah. I don't fill up your inbox with lots and lots and lots of things. I do she it does very not. And it's a delightful newsletter. And every now and then it has an Ask Blix column in it, which is super fun. And if you have a question that you would like to ask the wise Blix, you can email Maddie and she will. Yes. 
please ask Blix some questions. She's raring to go. Yeah, yeah, and that's so much fun. She wanted to be in it more. You know, she'd love to be in my new book that I'm writing too. You had to, you had to keep her out, didn't you? You can't. (laughs) She just can't be. Well, yeah, (laughs) but she can influence you from the great beyond. True. (laughs) She sits on my shoulder and you know tells me what to type next. That's awesome. Okay, so the magic of found objects, which is just absolutely wonderful and fun. Um, I know you guys are going to love it, so you need to read it. And um, I know, I'm pretty sure, I know, oh yeah, I'm back next week. I can't, I couldn't, I can never remember. I always tell myself, I need to make a note of who I'm interviewing next week so I can introduce it. I never remember. But I'm here next week, not as Carrie Ann King, but as Carrie Schaefer to do two things. One, to celebrate the launch of the new Carrie Schaefer Shadow Valley book, which is called Dead Before Dinner. And um, I'm going to be interviewing Jennifer Gordon. And I cannot remember the name of her book, but it's a very fun, um, horror kind of story. So very different from Carrie Ann King and Maddie Dawson, but it uh, will be a very fun interview. I do believe this person has a great sense of humor and we are going to have a good time. So I will see you again next week, this time, same place, same channel. Um, Maddie's going to go tend to her storm and... <laughs> keep writing her lovely books and you all are just going to keep on reading because that's and Carrie yes it's been such fun thank you for having me on I love it and I love that the gnomes and the bubbles are floating right around your head <laughs> I the gnomes and bubbles for me too I made that for you that, that yeah, I love it. I love it for you okay <laughs> all right bye everybody I'll see you next week bye bye